Hi everyone, I'm Summer. I'm Carrie. And this is Popsia Podcast. I'm nervous. How <laughs> to be nervous be fun. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh my god! What the hell just happened? <laughs> what the hell? What is happening? <laughs> um, make sure you come back. We're gonna do this bi-weekly. So make sure you come back to talk to, to us more about you know, sex, drugs, and self-improvement. <laughs> what are we talking about today? <laughs> today? I think we're... It, it came from a... Uh, it was There was a quote. You sent me a quote. And we were going to talk about it. Was it the one on Twitter? Well, hell if I know. That's sorry um books and stuff which i did christify yeah I sent you on twitter about de-christifying your brain christianify de-christianifying <laughs> do we what? talk about it if we can't say it <laughs> heathening your brain um becoming an apostate <laughs> hello my name is Summer and I'm an apostate. Hello, my name is Carrie. I'm also an apostate. I almost said a prostate. <laughs> That's a whole other show. That's a different thing. <laughs> did you see my did you see my uh, tweet where <laughs> I said said, excuse me, Sarah, do you have a moment to talk about our Lord and Savior Jimi Hendrix? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm gonna put that on a t shirt. How we need to make merch. We need to yes, make- we do. Okay, so can you summarize the quote? Tell the quote. I can't find it. Uh, I'm lo- I'm logged into the wrong Twitter account on the computer, and I'd have to close. Oh, you- oh Carrie has left the building. I'm sorry. Can you still hear me? We can. Okay. So. Okay. There she is. The tweet said, generally, a lot of ex-Christians think that not believing in God is enough to de-Christianify, de-Christianify your brain. <laughs> I like, think that, I think trying to say that melted my brain. Um, like, yeah, not believing in Jesus or God is enough to de-Christianify your brain. Which is not true. <laughs> oh, it is not. So, I don't know. What are your What's your experience with this? Um, I just recently had a talk with someone about this, um, because he was asking me questions about like how I went from being a Southern Baptist to uh, a practicing witch. That. <laughs> kind of worship like Norse deities you know so and I was like talking about it and I was like well it's still like a journey because I think like a lot of it because we live in the United States where everything was founded on Christian beliefs even though they wanted the freedom to worship how they chose to they all chose to still worship like God and be Christian in their own kind of way and so I think a lot of everything is still Christianized because of that. 
like a lot of our like laws and the things that we practice and the things that we do in this country are based in Christianity like so deeply but it's really hard to like get that out of your brain like de-christianify your brain <laughs> the practices are still like based in that even if you say like you're an atheist but you still like do this this and that and you practice like wicca but you still do this so I like it's a it's, it's a process. It's one thing right. Like it's one thing to no longer practice the religion, but it is a whole other journey <laughs> to deprogram yourself yeah. from all of that and to really realize like how far how deeply ingrained a lot of the indoctrination is. I mean, like we've talked about like the assumption that monogamy is the default or even normal or natural, you know, because it, objectively it's not. Um, or uh, just all of those things. The um, there's a lot of ideas like we assume these things are just the default, you know, whether it's, oh Lord, sorry, I've got a lot going on in my head because we start like that. I just said, oh Lord, my kid called me out on this the other day. He said, why do you say that when you don't believe in Jesus? I said, it's a figure of speech. He's like, yeah, but it doesn't make sense if you're not Christian. I'm like, that's fair. Because you're asking me questions right now. Go do something. <laughs> I'm like, you're right. You're not wrong. I'm just so used to saying it that, you know, because these things are normalized and the, they've been the default of our experience that it's hard to let go of them. And also the thing about when you change your worldview is it's hard to first of all admit that your what you believed isn't the only way. Yeah. Right. So then we a lot of us get to okay, we can accept other ways are okay, but I'm still going to believe this, right? <laughs> and then you start being okay. Well, maybe not. You know, and you're kind of gradually going out of that. But then there's this whole kind of scary thing that happens when you start recognizing, okay, I don't believe this. But then what do I believe? And if you were, um, this is where the cultish thing comes in, right? When you're, your whole life and your way of thinking and everything was built on that and centered around that, that can be very disorienting to not have something. Because that's, that's the one thing when we're in the discourse comes about around, you know, which it does a lot about, you know, a lot of <laughs> Christians ask, well, how do you, you can't think you can't live a moral life without, you know, the set of rules like the Bible gives you or whatever. And we're like, okay, but if you need something external yeah. to tell you how to treat people, are you really <laughs> treating people in a moral way, right? And so it's because it's so polar opposite in the way that it conceives of people and the universe and how things work, it gets really hard. Um, and it takes a lot to make that shift. And then, yeah, things pop back up all the time. I 
constantly like find myself like going back and forth on it a lot i when i was talking to my friend he asked me like if you don't believe in like one god like what do you believe in and i said i believe in all of them i think that they're real for each culture and like whatever that culture believes or like that person believes i think that's real like i don't think everything has to be like separate i don't think there has to be one thing like there could be all of the gods i don't know listen to you being blasphemous huh? <laughs> i said listen to you being blasphemous no <laughs> bless your blasphemous heart bless your little heart <laughs> yeah it is like I always like the idea that, you know, there's like, what, like 18,000 deities in the world. But yeah, yours is definitely the only right one. I like, it's, it was so funny because he was like, well, I like, I think that probably like all of them are just like a part of like one greater being. And I was like, you mean God? <laughs> he was like, no, because no. they can't get past that. that. <laughs> Well, like, <laughs> like you're the same thing. You're just being like the Christian yes. churches. You're just split off into a different thing. <laughs> right. Like, they can't get past that monotheistic thinking. So, oh, they all must be the same. And I don't think that. I definitely do think that the Roman and Greek gods were the same thing because the Romans stole them, you know? Well, yes. Other than that. <laughs> yeah. I... It's a hard yeah. process. It was really hard for me, but also very freeing for me to get to the point where I was okay with not knowing. Like, I don't have to know. I don't have to have all the answers. It's okay. I agree. I mean, I am fully aware that some of the stuff that I believe uh, is totally irrational from an uh, from an objective it's illogical from an objective point of view but that's okay because it's not harming anyone else and it's serving a positive purpose in my life and i'm not pushing it on anyone else exactly. again the only proselytizing that you'll get from me is when i ask do you have time to talk about our lord and savior jimmy hendrix <laughs> that's that's it. Have you heard about our Lord and Savior flying spaghetti monster? <laughs> so you got to wear the colander for your ID photo. You know, <laughs> it's a thing. Ugh. I like. I keep trying to think of like ways that I've like tried to work on it, and I like. I think a lot of it is just so much like therapy, and like a lot yes. of. Like, exploration because it took many years to get to this point and my mom started to try to get me into it like as a small kid but i just didn't listen because you know my grandparents were the greatest right so take a long time it's and okay witchcraft and everything and like well how like being a witch is like blasphemous you can go to hell i'm like i don't believe in hell so what's your point now like, oh my god <laughs> they don't take that very well. Like you, they don't you, like that answer. But I don't think I'm going to hell because I don't think it's a real place. 
So funny story. I was in a, you know, I grew up in a really terrible school. Like we didn't learn anything in high school because it was all, you know, about keeping the baseball boys eligible because they were winning state championships every year. And so through all of high school, the things I learned were how to give tattoos in the bleachers at the, uh, <laughs> at the baseball field, uh, you know, things like that. Um, some arson techniques, those things. Um, and so at one point my parents were considering changing, letting me change schools. Um, for one, I had, you know, had a lot of trauma at, at 14. And so then the next two years were really focused for me on, I have to get out of here, right? So I was gonna go to college, I got accepted to college, but I knew like this wasn't an academically rigorous school. I need something that's better to um, show them or I'm going to end up having to take a bunch of zero level courses, which I did. Um, so <laughs> this one nearby school wanted me my parents would not let me go because someone told them the guidance counselor was Wiccan. <laughs> so I would be, there would be a, a witch in proximity. So <laughs> fuck my academic career, y'all. <laughs> she, she just going to stay here. <laughs> <laughs> and learn how to roll a proper joint, damn it. This is her job. Oh, my face was hot. That's good. <laughs> yep. I, you know, I personally have nothing against the Wiccans. <laughs> that seems a bit far. Not the bizarre thing to me was they wouldn't even go, like, talk to her. So it was like, it was a rumor. They didn't even know for sure, but on the off chance, because they're like, well, but would she tell us the truth? And I'm like, why wouldn't she? If that's her religion, why would she? Yeah. I doubt she feels the need to pretend to be holy and sanctified for you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Wiccans don't give a fuck. They do whatever, you know? I, My I, or like the witches and Wiccans that go to like the protests and like full black outfits with the veils off. Oh, they love them. <laughs> oh goodness. I so what else what else have you had to do to de Christianify? One of these days we'll be able to say this fake word. De-Christianify. There's got to be a better word for this. We go Satan it up. That's what we do. <laughs> we can put that on a shirt. <laughs> uh, honestly, I think just like a lot of like going to college, funnily enough, in small town Oklahoma. But I had professors that would have us read like other texts from other religions and things for class. Um, and then we'd have discussion about it, and obviously, like, all of the Christian kids in class would lose their shit. And I did, too, like, at first, and then I actually started, like, listening and, like, reading. 
-hmm. and like trying to like process it and I think a lot of that helped um and I've just kept doing that I like learning about like other religions and other people and I like hearing like how other people live and like practice whatever they believe I think a lot of that helped I think a lot of Americans forget that we're not like the only people in the world and nobody else in the world is just like us and so we're very like hyper fixated on that and still that's because America's the best so you know <laughs> I think that America. America. What have you done? You've done a lot. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I was driving through a town the other day, which, of course, most of the small towns in Oklahoma look the same. Yeah. And I'm not making that up for the audience from outside of Oklahoma. The majority of the towns were established around the same time period. So. A lot of the buildings have the same style. They all. <laughs> One application. There's a city yeah. hall. There's a supermarket. And that's about it. <laughs> and there's a downtown with mostly empty buildings. And most of them. <laughs> because the downtowns have di are dying. Um, yes. So they all look very similar. You know with the random confederate fl slash American flags. Which quite frankly are interchangeable to me. Um, but so I was driving through this town and I was thinking, and there were so many churches, so many churches. Um, actually, um, my, da my daughter was with me cause we were going to an event and even she said something she doesn't normally notice cause she wasn't raised a church kid. And she's like, Oh my God, how many churches are there? I'm like the one for every person in the County, I think. Because no. you could not go a block without another church. I, there's a town. One of my friends was from there, and she said that it had like the highest number of churches, like per capita or something. Like oh, that's what Josh was talking about when he was here. In the whole the town he grew up in, yeah. yeah. Why? <laughs> well, this this was actually nearby. That. That town that wasn't the same town, but it was not ter not terribly far from there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was. I it. When I left there, I texted um, someone that I know who's got family from there, and I said, "Is this is the entire city just made up of churches? I didn't see much else. Maybe they live <laughs> right? <laughs> Say that again. Maybe they just live in the churches." I mean, it's possible. <laughs> I mean, personally, I think if you're going to operate a church building, it should not be closed throughout the week. You should be required to open it to unhoused people or something. I agree. I agree so completely. Like most of them pews like filled up like on Sundays either. And so like, you could for sure change some of those classrooms into like shower rooms or like small apartments something 
And I think if you're not, honestly, I think that that's the very least that you should be doing. And if you aren't doing that, then I call bullshit on any claim to serve the community. I agree. I feel but like also, I will say that with the caveat that um, helping people does not include proselytizing to them. You should be feeding them and clothing them without preaching to them. I was scrolling through Twitter yesterday, I think it was, and somebody was talking about their experience with the Salvation Army, and I, my heart broke. Like, mm-hmm. they were, they're diabetic, and the Salvation Army would, like, needed insulin four times a day. They would only give it to him once a day. And then they, and he, like, passed out, and they kicked him out for passing out, and, like, all kinds oh, of shit. No. I was like, this is not... It's terrible. Like, this is not how you help anybody. I'm pretty sure God would be like, here, have all the insulin that you need. Like, you can't make it. Here you go. Yeah, I have. I have some major issues about the way a lot of the church-ran organizations are participating in services or things like that should not be a requirement um i offended someone the other day at the um, gas station because they were going around doing their fundraiser you know we we have this recovery program and uh, and they're telling me about their recovery program which is basically pray it away and i'm like so you do no clinically based services you do nothing to actually uh, address uh, the addiction or the actual problem. Like you don't even get them resources. And they're like, no, we pray with them and we have them. Like, no, then I, I will not be supporting yeah. your program. That doesn't do um, build more guilt and shame. Dig them deeper in that. Mm-hmm. Did you see the um, news story? about the um <laughs> the couple who broke into a church on their first date to play the piano no <laughs> okay so in tennessee it says it was the first date and they're like 19 and 20 so right there what, what the hell do they know um <laughs> so they went to the door and they tried the door and it was unlocked which Granted, it was a Protestant church, but don't, aren't there a lot of church, like, I know there's some Catholic churches that are open all the time. Like, there's somebody that I'm, I don't, are there Protestant churches that do that anymore? There used to be. I don't know if they still do. Never been to a Protestant church. So, if it's, all the churches you went to were Protestant. If it's not Catholic, it's Protestant. I'm stupid. <laughs> no, you're not. I think you're thinking, like, Presbyterian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think like if you if the door's unlocked, it's not unreasonable to think you can go in. It's a church. It's not but, even entering, it's just entering. Right? <laughs> well they went in, they they t- admitted to the to the detectives they were looking for a piano to play because they both hated the piano, which first of all, don't talk to the fucking cops. What the hell are you doing? But that's another thing. Right. Nothing. The only words you say is I want to speak to my lawyer. And you say that over and over. You do not say anything else to them. 
So they go in, it's unlocked. They go play the piano. Um, now they did walk out with a set of drumsticks and four Bibles. Um, but seriously, don't churches give Bibles all the time, out all the time? Also, like the Bible. This is, is not something that we would have called the police about. For real. But they did call the pastor saw it on the surveillance cameras. Um, which first of all, how often is he watching these surveillance cameras? That's okay. Um, but yeah, turned him in, called the cops, turned him in, and had them arrested. <laughs> Over drums. Yeah. Yeah, they got caught, charged with like a felony and a misdemeanor. A felony? Because yeah. it's breaking and entering. But they left it on lock. It was burglary. They called oh. it burglary or something. And I'm like, I, I have not read the Tennessee statute for that. In a, in a lot of states, though, you have to actually break and enter. And they didn't break and enter. It was unlocked. But that's a whole other issue. I'm not their attorney. I'm not going to argue this for them. But... Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, they gave everything back that they took when they contacted them. They gave it all back. Why did they take Bibles in the first place? The drumsticks I get. Drumsticks are cool. Bibles, not so much. Well, maybe they didn't know that. And maybe they thought they wa might want to be part of the book club. But now they're never going to know because they're not going to read them. Good job, Pastor. You just damn them to hell. What are you thinking? And the Bible is like the number one most shoplifted book in the whole world. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> well, I mean, I do get it, though. If it's something you actually believe in, so you think you need it and you don't have the money to get it. So you steal it and break one of God's so rules. <laughs> but God will understand you can repent from anything, remember? Darn loopholes. That's why, remember, that's why the churches don't turn in the pastors and priests, because as long as they repent, it's okay. I hate it. Same. <laughs> oh. oh, another de-Christianifying thing. I'm getting better at saying this. What, there's a word for making up words, but I can't remember what it is. Um, <laughs> so the concept of forgiveness because that is drilled into you when you were raised in Christianity is that you have to forgive. If they repent, they're sorry. Jesus forgave them. Why can't you? You know, and so to the idea that so it eliminates, honestly, the possibility of having healthy boundaries. You aren't entitled to them. You have to forgive them. You can't be angry at them. You can't, you know, have any residual feelings about them. And deprogramming that is really hard for a lot of people. Yeah. And even realizing that was an issue for me was hard. I agree. I like, I think my first issue with that ever was like middle school when I was at the Rich People Baptist Church in my hometown. Um, and I was getting bullied by the other kids. And I, like, went home in tears, like, every Wednesday. Aww. My mom went up there and was, like, talking to my youth pastor about it. And he was like, well, they just didn't understand. You should just forgive them for it because they didn't understand. And I didn't know what was going on until, like, yesterday. 
And I was like, no, like you were there (laughs) for all of it. And so I quickly realized that like because they're just going to keep doing it and they don't actually mean it. There's like no point. What is the obsession with apology? I don't know. I don't know if that's a, it's, I don't know what segment of Western thought that came from, but it's so fucking toxic. Like if you have to be like, apology, it doesn't mean anything. Like, right. Like, Changed behavior. The words don't mean anything. But then I've seen people like say, okay, you know, I did that. I was wrong. Here's how I'm going to make up for it and change behavior. And people be like, but they didn't even apologize. Actions are an apology. So it's weird. People are hung up on this phrase that is uh, relatively meaningless. I tried to and think- I know that was instilled in me in the church. I don't know if that, I think that, but I think that concept extends beyond the church, but it, I could be wrong. It could be one of those things that's just so normalized because everything's influenced by its sphere? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that would be a good, like, question to, like, survey people. Like, is this something, like, you grew up with? Or was it just something that you learned? I don't know. Because I, like, when I was working at the hospital, like, everywhere I worked with kids, I always try to teach them that, like, I don't care if you say you're sorry to me or that you apologize, like, if you don't show me, I don't believe you. Right. And, like, they started getting it ingrained in their heads, like, every time they would do something and they would look at me and they'd be like, I know, Miss Carrie, you want me to, like, change and I didn't, I'm not gonna say I'm sorry. <laughs> like, okay. Right. Don't be sorry. Do better. Yeah, it's like as long as you know that you messed up and you're gonna try to do better, that's what I care about. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants I apologize said to them for some reason. It doesn't ever make me feel better when somebody says I apologize. It doesn't take Same. away. It doesn't fix it. And if you are gonna keep doing the same thing, what's the fucking point? Now you're now you're just mani- trying to manipulate me. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Einstein was like, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. So, I mean. Just trying to think. What else? What else? How else did they warp our brains? I, in every way. <laughs> Don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. And if you want to make sure you don't miss any of the uploads, be sure to turn on those notifications so you uh, you will know as soon as those go up. Um, also, like us on social media at Hypoxia Podcast, or uh, the easiest way is to go to our website, hypoxia.com. That's H-O-P-O-K-S-I-A.com. And the links to all the socials and all the podcast feeds are right there. And we just want to thank you all for sharing your time with us, hanging out with us, 
and we hope to um, spend more time with you in the future.